practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Does it matter? We're going to use the, the second <laughs> second track I have. Does it ever matter, fellas? No, no, because no, it's we're easy breezy beautiful. I'm recording right now. Easy breezy. I got three hours and six minutes to spare. What do you got? You got a hot two gig card? Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I got three hours and six minutes to spare. <laughs> We aim yeah. to. That's why I, I don't know why it didn't like why it wouldn't let me record because Hans and I talked a while from the last time, but it was we didn't talk for three hours and six minutes. Oh, 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 so that's the wait, I'm confused. Wait, why should I be? Are we SD card talk? Is that our start? Yeah, we're we're going we're going we like full scale SD card talk. Storage we're talking wars? storage, we're talking mics. We're talking oh, headphones. Uh, okay. Uh, introduce yourselves before I lose this train of thought because it's a good one. I'm I'm Wayne Williams Frywald. I'm Case. Henning's here too. Hi. Hi. Uh, and Henning is in Chicago. Chi Town. I'm gonna lose this thread. I gotta. I gotta. We're trying desperately to. Get Hans to forget what he's talking about. Keep the needle threaded. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. Listen. Huge hit. Sound like Donald Trump. Huge hit <laughs> in the last 10 hit. years. Storage Wars, right? You guys? Storage Wars yeah. was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Guess Just what? You're introduce me. It's a good show. It, it's not as good as this idea, bringing it into the 21st century. Digital Storage Wars. You have to look Ooh, at an SD card or a stack of discs, <laughs> diskettes, a stack of and like... you guys have you have to determine based on um, ge- oh, not geometry, geography, where you guys are, the year that they decide, the year that the estate sale is. Like, what could be on those discs? Oh, is this smut or is this <laughs> sketch comedy outtakes? It could be cr- credit card numbers. <laughs> No, I was talking with someone we uh, and it was just like talking about the idea of space, like making space, like parting with things. It was me at the bar. I was talking with like very rarely do you get to speak to someone who's older than you, but they're like, yeah, man, I just got to really make space. Like, you know, it was a guy and his wife and they were talking. I was like, yeah, I had this. Like, I understand. Like, you got to get rid of him. He was like, I got so many records, which is, like, cool. Like, it's cool to have a lot of records. But I was like, and then the wife was like, we don't have a record player. And I was like, well, you, you got that. I was like, I had so many HD of the little tiny cassettes the from JP tapes. days. You and see- I was like, I had to get rid of them. I had to, I had to get rid of them. Ugh. And they were like, what do you mean, man? And I was like, they're like tiny cassettes. And they're like, they, it blew their mind that I had stacks of these things. Because they're like, you mean like a VHS cassette, but it's like tiny? I was like, yeah, that's what it was. And like, I had to go. They had to go. That's, I, I, um, cheapskated. I guess, yeah, I, I don't, it was a space thing, right? Because this is when I was living in, uh, yeah. the studio, but it was also like, eh. so I take our, uh, uh, mini HD tapes yeah, and I would, um, 
hook it up, firewire it, and save it to an external hard drive, and then delete the tape and then reuse it. Yeah. And then so I had all our stuff. I mean, any live shows we taped, just anything that was on the tape, stored, labeled, and then my external one of my external drives shit the bed. So then I had these yeah. blank tapes, which yeah, when you live in New York, you're always looking or wherever. When you live in a small apartment, you're always looking for a little bit of space. But really, it was like two shoe boxes, and I'm 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 bummed about that because yeah. I, I don't. There was some like there was like little things that we talk about. I'm like, oh, I know I have that live sketch, and I don't have it. Um, and yeah. the thing about the external drives is. Unless you, unless you're the FBI, they're like, I can't do anything for you. I <laughs> you can yet. do nothing to recover. And the and an external drive is like, oh, it's you know, it was full, chocked full, like 258 gigs yeah. of who knows yeah, what terabytes worth pro, of promo posters. <laughs> you know, like God. a million Photoshop. You know, like just and the little things will click yeah. in my head and I'll go, oh yeah, we had that little bumper we used to play and i'm like well I, I just don't have it i still have the external hard drive though so someday someday <laughs> i'll take it in and there'll be all those pictures of when skynet <laughs> could like fix it there'll be that folder from uh uh boobs that i just spent oh yeah two and a half weeks just looking at dongs and wrongs <laughs> finding the perfect Find the perfect, the perfect fits for all all our little little race car wiener and little sausage meat sausage wiener. Huh. Oh man! But I recently just came to uh, the realization that I I lost my entire senior film. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> way more important than like a bunch oh of my fucking God, yeah. dongs. Yeah. Do you guys remember Godfather for a day by chance? I absolutely, I do, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did with all all my friends. I get, you know, it's not like my senior thesis of animation, but it was a neat little. I wish I could share it with all those guys again, but it just got transferred between too many externals. And I lost track of it. All I have is little, little less than one megapixel screenshots of it anymore. <laughs> did it? Uh, oh, did it end up? It didn't end up on like a Vimeo or anything. Like somewhere deep in like MySpace reaches, you could find it, suck it back. Oh from man, the abyss. It's an interesting thought. No, I never put could it. Could you send a message to your friend Charlie from MySpace? What was that guy's name? Chuck. Tom. 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 So was Tom. Tom was Stair. Tom. He voted for Trump. Uh, I think. I think that film is probably better left to the to, uh, <laughs> to memory. Either, either. It's it's going to be better in everyone in all my friends' minds than it. Ever it's like every '80s comedy. I yeah. I'm nostalgic about Henny. Leave it. Leave it in the bin. Don't yep. go back. Don't over. Don't oversell it. Don't oversuggest it. Don't give someone the copy of it because then they're just gonna look at you sideways. I don't remember. Oh, he loves bachelor party. Okay. Okay. I don't remember exactly what movie it was, Casey, but I remember the feeling, 
and it was an old movie from your our childhood. Couldn't remember. I think it was a yeah. comedy, and we were like, we were living in Minneapolis at the time. I can picture us I, for whatever reason. I can't picture mm-hmm. the biggest detail, but going to yeah. that blockbuster down the down the street, a couple blocks yeah. from us, um, picking out. This, oh, cool! They got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow! I haven't. You know. All right. Nobody rented it. Say it is. You know, <laughs> the animated Hobbit or something. Right, Getting yeah. it. You know, grabbing a. Grabbing some beers, some two for one hot dogs at whatever the gas station that's all over Minneapolis. <laughs> Fucking <is>. gas station. <laughs> Old anyway, gas station dinner. And I just remember putting it in, being so amped, and I just I could I didn't I didn't look we didn't make eye contact, but I could feel the air slowly being sucked out of the room as within like as their the first joke in the movie failed on both of us. And then yeah. It was a long time until the next joke, and it felt very. And I just, we just went. We sat through it because we're troopers, you know. Maybe it'll shift at the end, like that whole Phantom Menace kind of theory. And then at the end, just looking at you and just going, "We can never watch any movie from our childhood ever again. We need to keep contained in joy." Gosh, I just really wish I could remember it. Well, there was one in recent memory for me mm-hmm. that I remember as a kid. It was Silver Silver Bullet. Oh, that movie! It is, is dog the shit. worst <laughs> movie ever made. Gene Wilder. We got like it's it's supposedly the first of the Richard Pryor Gene Wilder combo movies. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. It's just terrible it's the most boring movie it's like a train mystery movie but it's on like a budget train like an amtrak it's like an amtrak murder mystery movie it was really hard to follow as i because i went back i actually went to it like and then like you're like it, it, it takes you about 45 minutes to an hour before you see richard Pryor. like he shows up late in the movie and he's just like a aw shucks ham bone type dude, and you're like, he's not even the, he's not even sharing the card with Gene Wilder. So it's it's fucking terrible. And then the train crashes into Chicago, like it's ooh. fucking awful. It's awful. Spoiler alert. Is it Silver Streak or Silver Bullet? Silver, Silver Streak, Street, I think. I think. But so Silver I went, Bullet is like a werewolf movie. Yeah, Silver Streak is is like a softy comedy. But left you howling at the moon. I yeah. went to Silver Someone's Streak. Someone's got to lose the external bit. That one's on. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah don't hold Save it. that one to your external and send it down the river. <laughs> there was a a speaking of the sweetest of combos, and I'm not talking nacho cheese pretzel. There was a wilder. <laughs> Um, prior vehicle called, and it was might have been the last one. It was a hear no oh, evil, no, see no yeah. evil. No, that wasn't the last one. Kevin Spacey was in hear no evil, see no evil. Was he the villain? The he was the villain the in hear no evil, see here. no evil. Uh, the last one I can't remember the name of it, but that was like when Richard Pryor was starting to get sick, and it was like, <gasps> is it tropical? It was silver bullety. Like, oh. it wasn't good. Hear but, no evil, see no 
people is the best of those movies. But here's because I'm I'm blindy, deathy, blindy, deathy. Here's the issue going right on to the what we're talking about is the reason I went to a the reason I went to Silver Streak late in life <laughs> is because Hear No Evil, See No Evil was one of my favorite movies growing up, and I made that sad mistake Great. and I went back. And it doesn't have the hold up. Yeah. So I went, oh, it must be me. I got to go to Silver Streak. And that was a rude awakening. So then I went stir crazy. Stir crazy. Fuck, that's what it's called. It's called stir crazy. Fuck. (laughs) And then I realized. uh, None of them are good. None of those movies are good. Was me going, like when people would be like, oh, you know, um. Lewis and Martin and all yeah. these comedy teams. And I go, well, and Pryor and Wilder. And obviously that, it, it was just, I don't know how that was ever an established not... thing. Cause even they weren't it... happy in it. There's an amazing no. interview that I'll put on the website or the website. I'll put on our Facebook. <laughs> and I, if you guys have seen it, you got to check it out of I forget which one they're shooting, but um, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor are sh- like shooting something for, let's say, Entertainment Tonight or Variety or, or whatever. What's what's the like industry rag that everybody is into? Yeah, it would be like Entertainment Tonight, I yeah. guess. So mm-hmm. they're they're on the set of a movie and they're sitting in their whatever uh, those canvas they they the look classic like movie fold out chairs right yeah. and it's early. Yeah, it's early eighties, and Richard Pryor is so violently high on uh, crack cocaine, and he is so uncomfortably <laughs> abusive, uncomfortably abusive to Gene Wilder that it's almost like you have to you have to turn away. And he's like, like, be next to my mom. Gene Wilder is my mom. But that's Gene Wilder's reaction too. Is like, is very like, oh Richard. It's like, ooh, I wonder. You know, like, how does this team up work? Like, I always thought it was like in my youthful um, exuberance. I always thought it was like they must have been buddies in the club, and they like hang out. They're like, hey, we make a good team. But well, you mentioned earlier, like, Richard and Lewis, like, that classic, like, or Martin and Lewis, like, Dean Martin and fucking Jerry Lewis, like, they're, they aren't meant to be together, the opposites attract, like, right, straight and goofy guy, like, I, that's what I always thought, too. Sure. It, but uh, no. <laughs> they were just clearly not friends and never had been friends, which I guess is a testament to, I mean... Their, uh, their tolerance for pain, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they were supposed to into S and M, right? I guess it's so a it's testament a, it, to a paycheck. Yeah, it was a creation of the studio, like a like a boy band or something. These guys need to go together, and it worked one time, so they just no, it's true. Shunting them together, no. even though they hated each other. Yeah, I think. I but think I don't know if right. they hated each other. Like you're like, but you're totally right, Henning. Like it's a boy band situation. Like we have the two best guy. Like Richard Pryor is the hottest stand up, and then I guess Gene Wilder would be 
like a, best character actor. Yeah, the actor of, like, of the comedy generation. I would say you know you have Blazing Saddles, um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate which Factory, which Richard Pryor wrote producers. for, but Richard Pryor yep. didn't write any of the like spicy stuff. Like Richard Pryor wrote the Looney Tunes bits, which is cool. I think um, what's interesting about that now that. Uh, we're talking about it. Richard Pryor was a writer on it, but he initially was signed up for the project because he was supposed to be Sheriff Bart. Black. Stu- he was supposed to be Black Bart. Yeah, but the studio was like, nope, he's too risky. But also, Gene Wilder That's wasn't so supposed to be... Um, I, I forget the character's name. He wasn't supposed to be that character. Like, yeah, Pecos Kid or whatever. Because um, there was a famous character actor that uh like mel brooks like grew up loving and he's like he'll be perfect for this because i hear in real life he's an alcoholic like he kind of always played like saucy characters western guys and what mel brooks obviously didn't do is hang around real alcoholics because this guy (laughs) showed up not drunk but showed up the first day on set like alcoholically hungover so like so shaky and gray and unable to like stop the fidgets or whatever that they he was like i can't he's not gonna like live through the shoot so <laughs> literally he got gene wilder there within the next like 48 hours and gene wilder crushed it he's like the best part of that yeah. movie so then gene wilder played a character of what he wanted mm-hmm yeah, that's that's one thing. Like the whole gag with the shaking, like, but I shoot with this hand, yeah. and the hand is fucking like crazy shakes. <laughs> the two two method two method doesn't always work, I guess. Yeah. Guys. Well, is like, have you did you guys watch any of the new comedians in cars getting coffee? Uh, I watched on your suggestion the Jamie Fox episode, and he jumped up my list of entertainers right real quick that episode he, like, i was in tears China, laughing God, he's the funny. funniest dude in the world yeah he's so funny but did you watch the eddie murphy episode i did indeed where he cuts a promo on richard Pryor, and i was like he just like he's like yeah comedy jerry here's what we're doing and he just stops and goes richard Pryor treated me like shit i fucking hate richard Pryor. I don't okay. know about that. He, the interesting... It was, like, he, and then Jerry also bagged on Richard Pryor. Here, I would say... Which, I, like, on. again... They both covered their... The, I agree. They, they... See, the thing is, Richard Pryor can't defend himself. And they bagged right. on him, but they didn't say... They, they covered their own, because they didn't say, I hate him. They said, he did this and this and this... Uh, but you know that's comedy. But you already the cat's out of the bag. You it's just threw this very... guy under. Yeah. The here's the other thing about Richard Pryor though, and this is like if I'm it's sure he was a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, man. If I'm is, sure he was a motherfucker. If we're opening tins, Richard is like Richard's playing that little cricket in like a Looney Tunes like cartoon that peels his own yeah. tin back, you know, or has his own. Let's yeah. let's put Richard in the matchbook. Like put pulls the matchbook back and then fluffs up a little cotton ball as a pillow, you know, and then gets in his little matchbook and <laughs> shuts it. I mean, he's got a tin of he's a tin of his own, so they say, and he was Well, and know, that was like 
also like I am nearly 40 years old and I like I have my childish view of the world as we as the three of us know as because we talk to each other once a week and we've spent so much time with each other but for me it was like oh my god like Eddie Murphy came up and like he's as funny as Richard Pryor and they like so like seeing that when like Eddie Murphy was like yeah Richard Pryor treated me like shit yeah. I was like, no, no, yeah, no. It's painful, but like, right? In reality, it's like, of course. Richard Pryor struggled and fought and clawed his way to the top. So he doesn't want the fucking next Richard Pryor. He doesn't give a fuck. He is the Richard Pryor. Like, to me, in my mind, as a child and as a man-child, I was like, like they passed the torch, and Eddie Murphy was the next Richard Pryor. And he was really funny and was in movies. And it was just like, yeah, no, motherfucker. I don't I don't want to lose my spot to anybody. Like, fuck you. Fuck you, Gene Wilder. Like, wash my feet with your hair, Gene Wilder. This like, is you, so... You for me. Uh, I, have, I have a question on that. But first, this is so interesting to me that you transitioned to this um, organically. Because there's been a line, and it's right up this alley, the line stuck in my head from uh conan o'brien has has his own podcast and right now they're doing like Mm -hmm. uh like a little mini series him and dana carvey where they just play characters back and forth um and tell stories and this has to do with comics like shitting on each other instead of unifying right conan o'brien so we're all aware and listeners i'm sure are all aware because he pretty much disappeared down a uh neoconservative butthole if you will of dennis miller right but oh yeah yeah dennis miller is in this interesting category of his own because he was also uh the weekend update for snl which Mm -hmm. is a generally not generally which is a known liberal show right so you have this guy that everybody that's pretty much just making straight jokes you can't read them one way or the right. other and then well, and people... in the 90s he had the hbo show yeah. which was like the alternative sort of like you know like fucking weekend update i guess transitioned so um blah, 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 blah. Does it... oh politics doesn't the politics isn't part of it it has to do with the the backbiting um is that spicy by the way what Backbiting? No. All right. Good. Backstabbing. Backbiting. You know where I'm getting at. I don't. I don't know where. No. Yeah. All right. Stop. Uh, It's not spicy. Don't stop yourself. Keep going. You got momentum. Do it. I. I think if this is the definition of momentum, the definition of hiccups (laughs) is going zero to sixty. So. Dennis Miller, he's on SNL. It's a late 80s. Although it's not my favorite period of SNL, this is the John Lovitz Mm -hmm. era. Dana Carvey's a freshman. Like, it was a really popular era of SNL. Hans and Franz, Kevin Nealon, this and that. Like, the new school is going to be Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, Chris Rock, which is is where I lean towards. On the precipice. On the precipice. And also, the writers coming in are going to be Bob Odenkirk, Conan O'Brien, Schmeagel, um, you know all these amazing, all these amazing writers. Joke thief, prima donna. So Conan's telling this story uh, to Dana. They they start talking about um, 
why can't I think of it? Uh, Dennis Miller, because Dana Carvey does an amazing impression of Dennis Miller, right? So Conan tells a story. Conan's first year writing for SNL, they're in the writer's room. Uh, Dennis Miller's established. And somebody, like, says, like, a joke or something. And then Conan O'Brien elaborates it. And I can relate to this because it's just somebody misheard something. They're already on edge. They're already tight. They're already Richard Pryor holding their own. And they immediately misinterpret, like, you adding to a joke or this or that. And so Conan says something and immediately he laser focuses on him. He goes, oh, the new guy's saying something. Oh, what is it, new guy? Looks like Conzi's going after Den Den. <laughs> I was just like, and I was like, so good. I that phrase looks like uh, Conzi's going after Den Den. Sometimes uh, just uh, I know it relates to what we're talking about, but even out of context, sometimes if you can't sleep and there's a, something in your head, yeah. so for like the last forty eight hours, anytime Den-den. there's a free moment in my head, it just goes. Looks like Conzi's going after Den Den. That's like, oh my god! Oh. Shoot myself in the head. And then, but that's the sad thing well, is like Conan won. Oh yeah, he wins. He won. But still, that thing, like it, like you said that, and I was like, it makes me sick. You can hear it. So it's like, like fucking Dennis Miller. I haven't heard. I haven't thought about Dennis Miller in twenty years. Well, he so just, it's interesting. You're welcome. Now he's a brain wig in your head. Yeah, that's where he resides. That's where he's been banished to. I was going to ask you guys, and that was the other thing. I was going to, well, two two things. Like, I guess, let me go down two paths here. First of all, do you think that same dynamic is going on with comics? Ho, 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 I'm right here. Like, is Dave Chappelle desperately, not desperately, is Dave Chappelle... Um, making sure that Chris Red, who's a who's a guy, a kid on SNL right now, isn't like getting all you know. Is it, he's not making opportunities for him? Let's say. I would be very curious. I think it's. I think sadly, it's very. It's gone back to the old school where it's like the Richard Pryors, like the Chappelles, are holding court. So, and like, like I'm not saying putting people down, but not necessarily like, like, I, like the your your the tracks to the top are different. Like, just because you're on SNL doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like, Richard Pryor was on what, like, the third episode of Saturday Night Live? Yeah, yeah. As the, like comedy the host, one. and like yeah. he was on the show and like did sketches. Like, I don't think the path to the top goes through snl anymore oh i'm sorry i just meant in in general in the in the so that's what i'm saying like i don't like like, i think the pecking order is sort of like weird now because there's not a clear path like prior was elvis oh yeah like he's on top and and then like coming up but like i feel like it's sort of like like out in the ether now because you can become a, like a, a comic online without having to do so I feel like a Chappelle would who's it like an institution guy he may hold you accountable like you gotta fucking like make your alms like shake hands do the thing whereas like you can also get in 
from the outside. So I think it may be more more old school because once you get closer to the the top, they're gonna make you do the like like Rodney Dangerfield like you know kiss babies and fucking spent thirty years doing the road like you're not him. Good so, for you, like you do, dude. So what is it in human character that what's in what's ingrained in us that just want to make things harder for others? You know what I mean? Uh, for example, um, I'm this I'm this comedian that can that can pull all these strings, right? And yeah. I see, and I'm assuming that p- comedians can spot talent, right? Or, or people at that sure. tier. I'm up there and I see somebody that I really enjoy. What is it ingrained that instead of going, I want to see what he can do. I want to produce shit. I want to, you know, make sure, you know, he gets elevated to a place where I can see him or her, sorry, create versus I need to make sure that this club owner knows that, uh, I can bump any, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's in any industry. Henny, you're an animator. You you got you got animators trying to edge in Same on your thing. landscapes. <laughs> I'll tell you two two thoughts I have on that. The yeah, no one likes to see the younger generation come up and have it so easy when you've paid all these dues. Yeah. Sure. And that's a Probably universal. Human thing, like you sacrificed, you did, you did the work. I'm good, but oh, you just get it because you're young. Well, but so sorry. Go ahead. And uh, the other thing is just basic insecurity, right? If you're not sure about yourself, if you're not, uh, if you if you think your job can be ousted, then you'll you'll probably start thinking that way it's only the people that have 100 percent like financial and visibility security it's crazy yeah and you you think these comedians like um prior and eddie murphy and and dennis miller well not (laughs) back to miller huh (laughs) dennis miller's ears just perked up did they just say prior murphy miller me, me, three. <laughs> Didn't you say Carlin? I'm not the fourth. Knock <laughs> it. Forget him. Forget I said that. Forget I brought him back in. Scrub it. Scrub it. Den Den's feeling militant. <laughs> Henhead said Den Den's three three. <laughs> Henzy's Henzy's elevating Den Den. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you're right. It's like if I think they'd have it is that, that insecurity. They are comedians, on the other hand. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because well, in like I guess earlier I had said like the era we live in now, like we have the benefit of we don't have the chain. So it's like if you are that guy and you're like Hansi's got the goods, man. Like let's do something together. Like we can make webisodes we can do this we can do that like as much as the internet offers it doesn't because you're still like no no this is my space this is where i live you know i wonder if we're being i make my albums 
Like if my album does like you can't get away from me because I need to sell my albums or my downloads or whatever the fuck. I wonder if we're being too pessimistic though. Like think about um, Broad City, right? That that those yeah. they were brought up by um, Amy Poehler. Um, Pete Holmes mm-hmm. had a talk show after Conan under his umbrella. Conan saw that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think there is a lot. It. I don't know. I don't. I think I, I, think I can visualize some people under their wing. I guess there's a lot of dynamics. What you said, Henning, about paying your dues, is what mm-hmm. I hear a lot with yes. people like, "Oh, you're gonna swipe people's college debt, especially for comics." Fuck yeah. you. I had. I paid off my college debt. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah, remember yeah. how sh- how much that sucked? Why do you want? Yeah. It's not gonna make like you that feeling go away from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll it'll change <laughs> nothing that you have. All you want is to see it. it that's like um, the next generation suffer. Yeah, exactly. There's something like what what is the term for that? Psychotic, like you, like that's, that's like schadenfreudic, I guess. Yeah, some serious suffering. You wanna, you wanna. Well, view. It was like even when the like, they talked about raising the fucking minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. Like, obviously, like I am one of those people who lives in that world. So of course, I would like to raise the minimum wage. Sure, but like everyone's like. I went to school and like I this is what I do and like I made five dollars and it's like why do you want to make everyone else suffer like Just, wouldn't you be happy you get you get to make fifteen dollars an hour now as well we need like some type of like serum like to give everybody it's almost like that almost like brain candy give everybody a pill that will take them back to that moment yeah. that they felt in that moment of getting working 40 hours a week and getting that paycheck for, you know, $83 and they'll go, yeah, yeah. I don't want anybody to feel like that. (laughs) No, no, that's a horrible feeling. Um, This is, this came up, let's see, with that, that exact thing you said, Hansi about uh, student loan debts or let's say, people wanting free health care. This is, this is my conservative uh, uh, mother-in-law all over. She doesn't, doesn't see why our generation should get these things if she didn't. And I don't know, it's like they conservatives have a, an overdeveloped sense of fairness. Like everything has to be Absolutely, but it's not. But they the big picture liberal. It's not near. (laughs) It's not near. Soundbite it. Yeah, yeah. But you're Henning and Casey. I know exactly Mm. where you're going. It's not fair because you start off at different points. There's there's no equal line at the at the start. So it's easy to have a fairness argument when you're already starting. With certain points of privilege, right? Right, yeah. There it is. There's your picture. I get it. If it's a foot race and I have to start 10 feet behind you when it starts, like it's not. Brenty, exactly. I got no boots. I got this debt weighing me down. I I have this memory of these Gene Wilder movies being really good. 
They're not. I'm not paying to get his butthole bleached. (laughs) All he did was watch Gene Wilder movies all. That's what I've been hearing. It's like, oh, we're going to pay for nose jobs now. It's like, sure, fine, fuck it. Like, sure. I'll do it. You want to know? I'll put in the kitty. Waste it. What's it going to be? An extra dollar for me a day and everybody can have health care? And it's not even that? Yeah. And then uh, someone who's sick can go to a doctor? Some asshole, sure. Go get go get a crooked nose job. That's fine. Whatever. Like, <laughs> go get some cement in your butt. Have cakes. fun. It doesn't like you're gonna go to that doctor and he's gonna be like, mm, yeah, let's. And he's they're like, I'm gonna shave a little up there. You're like, you know what? I like my nose the way it is. Right. Like I'm gonna like get out of the queue and let someone go to the fucking doctor. Holistic medicine. Like I don't. Have to pay a couple extra. Extra dollars a, a month, and people get to go to college for free, and enter the workforce, yeah. and start paying taxes earlier, and 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 make more money, and put more money into the economy, and also support me in my old age. Exactly. Like I, that. I am. It's a benefit. My point is, it's a benefit to society, and they're not seeing the the uh, the big picture. So just me and my fairness and what i went through had to inflict that on everybody but but they haven't gone through any the most of the people with that fairness argument have never had you know uh, never had that emergency room bill show up and go oh shit because they could afford the you know literally like 500 dollars a month for the health care and they 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 forgot i'm sure it didn't have to go through college that cost them you know right 20 years of your income coming up. So what's interesting about that is that argument always comes from this economic tier, whereas right now, you know, I mean, Henning's sitting in a one-bedroom on the 17th yeah, floor. Yeah, look at home. But, but um, I would glad... Penthouse in Chicago over there. I am, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm broke. And I would gladly... <laughs> I would gladly spend an extra uh, at the end of the year. I gladly put in a thousand dollars every year uh, to cover the exact same things you were talking about. And a thousand dollars from everybody in this country, we would all have rocket boots. We'd all that's yeah, it because no. they're literally only asking for like like nothing. Like, we can all get nose jobs. We'll all have rocket tits and killer cabs. <laughs> killer gas will have the meatiest. We'll all have calves like Johnny Homequest. Just beautiful, <laughs> shimmering. Like, Heart-shaped. Yeah, those calves that actually have like a butt crack. I don't know why those calves exist. <laughs> We're all the horse from Ren and Stimpy. Like, yes. that's it. We're all Kirk Douglas the horse. Can you imagine? And and I just, yeah, I just don't. It could be, the thing about it is do that one year. And people bitch and gripe, yeah. and then the next year, everybody will be like, "What happens if we put in two? Because it'll only take that one year before everybody's life, like I say, no, that it's, a it's point, but it's, so many things could blossom." What it's like? It's just like take that little bit of money and put it somewhere. It was like, <laughs> like we went to brunch and we took Harvey to a park. And we were, I was playing with Harvey and Ashley went, oh my God, what the fuck? Like there were skags, there were people sleeping in the park, in the sun, who <laughs> yeah. woke up when the sun moved and they scooted to the shade. <laughs> okay. uh, 
So Ashley was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? She stepped in a human pile of shit. And I was like, oh my God, Ashley, what the fuck? And I turned around and then Harvey had like a stick with dog shit on it. And I was like, where the fuck are we living? We live in a, this is a shit park. Everything is shit. Everything is shit. And all it would take is a little bit of money to go to having like pre- Pre, like, uh, fucking Scoopsies, whatever, the island, the uh, Staten Island thing. When Reagan um, closed all of the, like, we just need places for people. Scoopsies. It's not Scoopsies. It's Scoopsies. That's Columbus's own Scoopsy. Cropsies. That's me. I was was Scoopsies today. So it's like everybody's covered in poop. Casey. I lived my whole life covered in poop, so should you. <laughs> I had the scent in my nose forever. But but I want to give a dollar a day so you can have the scent cosmetically removed from your nostrils. Oh, Scoop yeah. Scoop that poop smell out. Scoopsies. Benefits everybody. Poopsies? Uh, was I going to uh, Oh, it was along those lines... Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I was going to shift. I got two things to talk about. One, you guys watched it. Mindhunter season two? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I just, just finished, finished it. it. Mm-hmm. We finished it last night, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Synchronicity. So, my... I am so jealous of the actors that landed those roles of the serial killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be- well, one, they knock it out of the fucking park. Each and I mean, every one of season them. Season one, they killed it. Yes. Season two, they showed up and also elevated it. Just the thought, like the the meat of those parts, you get to chew those turkey legs and they everybody does it to the... Did you guys know that uh, Charlie Manson... The actor was also Charlie Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh no, I didn't know that. I can I can see why. He filmed uh, this first. Ashley told me this. He filmed this first, but then also then also got to play young Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And if you guys have ever watched the show Justified, he's the fucking weird white skinhead in Justified. Mm-mm. Is that is that a Walton Goggins? Uh, yes, Walton Goggins is in that as well. Meg Meg's a Goggins Goggins man. A Gogite. A Gogite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking my Ooh, looks like Meg Meg is a Goghead. Looks like Meg Meg's going after Gagsy. Gaga. She's going Gaga for Gaga. Uh, oh, now I now you get that in my head. I'm just going to be doing for like Dennis Miller for everything. Wayne Wayne's killing kidsies. Kids, kids. The actor who plays Wayne Williams is <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. That guy gave me chills. And the other guy, uh, there I forget his name. He's a sec- tertiary um, serial killer. They interview. He's the guy that won't talk until he gets a, a candy. Oh, so, so so he's he's like kind of clammed up, and then 
um, uh, the the guy from oh, the Atlanta he FBI. Malamars. Yeah. He pulls out a Malamar, and that guy scoops up that Malamar, and his choice puts the whole thing in, starts Sucks licking his down. lips, and he just goes, chocolate and marshmallow. It's a taste of treat. And I was just like, I'm in, oh, so I'm good. in, I'm in. And it's like smacking that chocolate in his mouth. It was so good. And he, oh my God, it was so perfect. Because I feel like that would be me in prison. I'd be a treat guy. Do everything oh, yeah, for the treats. They, and like they sold it because the guy was like, uh, yeah, his his room looks like a 7-Eleven. That's like a trash room. Oh, but no, it's not a trash room. He just got all his his... It's like, okay. Harley watched it too. What'd you think of Mindhunter? (laughs) Yeah, you like it? It's pretty good. I think it was very good. Hey. Daddy's safe. Daddy's safe. We gotta go. We gotta go. Uh, No, we, (laughs) yeah, she's watching that for us. After all those, she because she watched it with us. We just put on something on an iPad while we watched, which was great because we we were talking with our friends and we were like, "Yeah, my, we were watching Mindhunter with Harvey." And I was like, "Oh my god, you watched that with Harvey?" And I was like, "Well, technically, it's just a bunch of men very intensely talking to each other." I don't, uh, yeah. and it's the scariest thing in the world if you think about it like that. If you take it out, and it was like. That makes it a better show because you don't see anything. Yes. It's yes. just scary people talking to each other. It's the Scarface phenomenon. You know that beginning scene? Yeah. I'm not a Scarface man, but I heard Brian De Palma talk about this and it's brilliant. So the first scene in Scarface is like a drug deal gone wrong in this hotel room. You haven't met any of the characters yet. And so they kill this guy and they're gonna they're dismembering him in the bathroom with a chainsaw but you never see him get dismembered all you do is hear the chainsaw see like the guy's face who's doing the deed like sweating and then the blood hitting the wall you never see the act you just see like it's like the 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 visceral like the audible like you don't have to actually see the physical killing it's worse because your brain is imagining what's going on one is it's like it's seven as Valley. well. Like, uh, I remember, like, I love the movie Seven, and I remember watching with the commentary the screenwriter talked about, like, around the movie, and it was just that uncanny, uncanny valley of him talking about the head in the box. Oh yeah, and like not getting, like, not seeing it and seeing it. They're like, you're the guy that wrote that fucking horrible movie. With, well, I saw that woman's head in a box, and was, he was like, "No, it, you never, we never saw it. It was just implied." And people were like, "No, you're fucking, you gruesome son of a bitch." Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a, a Mandela effect thing, right? People, everyone thought after they saw the movie they had seen the head. And I did too. Yeah, but it's not, it's not there. You never saw her head in the box. It's in the box. People didn't. Like the screenplay, though? That seems crazy. Oh, and he, Fincher, Fincher directed Seven as well, didn't he? And and he's the creator yeah. of Mindhunter. Right. Yeah. Right. And Zodiac. I like that movie a lot. Well, and also, like, you guys watched Mindhunter. What I loved about this season was that uh, the, the incorporation of the, the interviews... 
because like as we talk about all the time like we're serial killer nerds like true crime nerds but like this season like all of the interviews informed the final person they caught yeah who was guilty or not like the 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 trash bag guy that was like the S&M like gay like he talked about community and not wanting to be perceived as eating your own and like everybody like Berkowitz talking about like putting on a persona like everybody just informed that final person you caught and you never get him in the like interview seat but you got all of that just information from them to catch him yeah it was it was weaved together really well it was so good for for quote unquote nothing happening like actually and i talked about it today it was like we were riveted and it was just like dudes hanging out I I wonder if there's something to be said about, at least in my own mind, and I'm smart enough to observe it, so it's just an observation. Or I'm aware enough to observe it, I don't know about smart, but (laughs) I'm kind of collecting these serial killers like baseball cards while I'm watching it, though. Like, ooh, we got a Berkowitz. Check. So, because right now, what I'm thinking is like, Dream Team, where's my Dahmer? Where's my Jordan? Is that season three? Is he coming? Well, we were actually now we're talking about in the car today. Like, where does it go? I think it's happening right now because Ashley told me because she was looking up on just doing the research. Uh, Gase, Gacy got was arrested while this was happening. While the Atlanta child murders were happening. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, interesting. So possibly season three would be. Because he's not even in here, I just assume JWG. He... They don't mention what's going on in Chicago. No, there's no gays. So, so there's no they, Chicago. So we'd have to follow Dahmer's nineties. Like we got at least another fifteen years before Jeffrey Dahmer. But you couldn't go back with these characters to John Wayne Gacy. Obviously, we're leading up to BTK, right? Obviously, yeah. Like I guess he... at some point, yeah. Like that he's like the final serial killer boss that they have to confront eventually. Yeah, what's so cool is like everything about everything about what they're doing. They just are like, no, there's no way he can be married. There's no way he can have a job. There's no way he could do this. And it's like, no, BTK is just like your system doesn't work. It's not a hundred percent. Right. That's they're pretty right on though. Not not they, but I mean now, when you hear, like, you know, obviously I, I'm too in, engrossed mm-hmm. with these things, but like watching like a forensic show and they'll talk to a profiler and they'll like show you their list and like their prior to capture. And it's pretty wild, like how laser focused that they're, they're, they've got it down. Yeah. But now it doesn't matter. Like now there's just cameras everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I I guess probably some. I was asking, I was actually talking to Johnny. I was like, you know, what's going on in the world of serial killing right now? And he made a really good point, and he brought it right back home because we were talking. We're like, who's uh, you know, speaking of baseball cards, who's number uh, who's number thirty five in South Dakota? You know, who's 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 got the jersey? And we couldn't think of a big 
South Dakota serial killer. And Johnny was telling me, he's like, women are going missing on reservations and have been going missing on reservations for years. And it's the same thing as like yeah. the Atlanta child murders. Like nobody's, nobody gives nobody, a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody's nobody attention. cares about. Yeah. So. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's extremely sad. And took it out of the realm of a David Fincher treat, if you will, but yeah. And maybe it's connected that there. Well, you brought up there's just cameras everywhere now, but maybe it's happening there because it can happen there. Right, it's gonna. I don't know. Technology coming in and and uh, Harvey. Poor baby. I I have the perfect story that I can talk over this and it'll it'll fit perfectly. I took Ruby. Meg had a show today, and I had to go out and and get some shopping done. So, as you have to do, you have to take the baby along. And Casey will appreciate this. Is as that's going on, Case. I'm telling Henning. Meg had a show today, so I had Ruby, and I had to do the shopping. So I had Ruby yeah. in the store. And she's acting great, and people are like, "Oh, look at what a cute baby!" And what, then what she throws baby. the craziest fit, the craziest fit over. Um, I had to buy, I have to change my oil, so I had to buy an oil filter. And she was holding it, and for whatever reason, I was like, "All right, let's throw it in the cart." And she lost her goddamn yeah. mind. So she just flung herself, and now she's screaming. At the top of her lungs, in the aisle, to the point where people are like coming over to look, and they're looking at me, and they're judging me. The same people that were like, look, oh, "What a cute baby!" And I just walked away. I just let my daughter lay in the middle of the aisle, and I and I get it now. I just walked away. I rolled the cart away. Obviously, I I kept an eye and an ear out, but I was like, nah, "Whatever, what are you gonna do?" Let her cry herself out. There's nothing... I get it. Yeah. It's piercing when she throws a fit like that. It is otherworldly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's heard Ruby Rue above a you know, 10 decibel pitch. And the thing about it is... What's so piercing about it is not... It's obviously a decibel for sure, like we're hearing... And we can we can assess it in Harvey right now. We can profile it. It's not the decibel. It's the fact that talk. It's exactly what we're talking about. Like if you made five dollars an hour, and then you're fighting against somebody making fifteen dollars an hour, you're not relating to how shitty it was making five dollars an hour. What we're hearing is a scream, and we need to associate how shitty that feels when you're in such a place. Whether you're just upset or you know got a fever or something you don't understand something and you just belt one out it sucks and you can hear that and that's what's so painful Ugh, it's awful is that you know she's going through some pain it's i I, that's a long way of saying it it's empathy right it's not physical pain or even it's just like just crying out it it sucks you know it sucks we're back, baby. Back and bl- I'm sorry if you do that. Do the soft edit with a 
No, no, no. I, I told No, Harvey knocks him down. She got a bloody nose. She fucking bonked herself in the face. Oh, my God. That was the sound of Harvey <laughs> getting seriously hurt. That was relatively subdued. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I thought she was just like fighting sleep or something. Oh, my God. Bloody nose. No, she was she was fighting Apollo Creed. Nice. And he fucking got her. I hit no, myself fine. in the face so hard two days ago that I thought my <laughs> and it's I like obviously that's the perfect setup that I no I just legitimately thought I broke my nose I really did it was that like blinding headache I had because I was trying to pull something so hard pulling oh, on this piece of fabric oh, the, and it slipped and I just hit myself. So unexpectedly and so hard in the nose that I was just like, there's no way it's not broken. And you know, you kind of feel, I, feel for the blood. <laughs> I did that with Harvey. We were at the park. It was like a month ago. And because she's so much more mobile now, like Monty, as you know, with fucking Ruby, like it's just they, they go, 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 go. So we were at the park and I was helping her up over this thing and she just shot up over it and i was like you can't go no 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 and i just stood up and like bang like the top of this playground thing (laughs) on the crown of my head and i was like spinning like i was gonna vomit (laughs) and i just like grabbed her leg because she was going to run off the other side of the playground i was like don't don't and i just grabbed her leg and she started crying i was like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna black out. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it just, because it was the full force of, like, an adult man standing up and, like, banging my head on a piece of metal. I was like, I can't, and Star, same thing. I was just like, that pinhole where, like, oh, yeah. hey, here it goes. Here we go. I need to protect you, but also try and not black out. Yeah, that's that thing. That's that thing. I'm t- it's it's similar, but it's not like two, three nights ago. It was like I had just been just kind of running myself ragged a little bit. Got Ruby down. She's been asleep. Like she has rarely woke up at night now. Dad talks, but but that I just wasn't expecting. It, so I actually fell into a very very comfortable deep sleep, and it's. You know, somewhere in the middle of that, she woke up, and I didn't, like, hop to. I mean, I had to get up, but, like, I couldn't wake back up. I was just so tired. So it's, but what are you going to do? You can't do, you can't, you are fucking stuck, man. Yeah, you can't go back to sleep, like, whatever, if I get, well, I got to, speaking of dad talk, the most classic dad sunburn of all time. Oh, yeah. So are we talking in L.A., a sweet Muscle Beach sunburn? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we muscle go. Beach. Just hot shins. Like a hot shin burn. Like just across the ankle. Ankle sunburn. Because old dumb dad made sure Harvey, beautiful. She's got a beautiful tan. Yeah. She's beautifully covered with golden brown old dumb dad got his arms got his knees got his shins and then just missed between his old aqua socks and the ankle just dead sunburn like to the point where i was trying to sleep and i was like my ankles are so hot i can't sleep and you're a shorts man now. and they're peeling 
They're appealing. They're, I'm a shorts man now. Never so those ankles may have never seen the sun. I know. I know. I have. I have like skin cancer on my ankles because I've never seen the sun ever. And then I just fillet a fish. Those suckers. Do you remember you guys? When I know you do, but I don't know if you remember this aspect. We shot up. We moved. We we were in New York. Very. We kind of just moved to New York. We were going to shoot a. We're shooting a video. For whatever reason, oh it was going to be on the beach. Yeah. We went to Montauk. I think just because that's a beach we knew. Like there would have been so many closer beaches. Now that I think about it, but we went so far out on the train because I wanted to go. I think, but no three hours oh, on the Long Island Railroad. It was cool though. Just there, nobody around except for the yeah. extremely loud ocean. That, maybe that was. A- that was a smarter reason to do it because we wanted a deserted beach. And and it yeah. looks beautiful, that white sand. And we were out there shooting it all day. It was, I feel like, fall, but it didn't matter because the sun was hitting that white sand. And we're out there shooting it all day. When we got back on the train and I was wearing sandals or no shoes. I forget what because I preface it. You played God. I played God in a sketch we did about that shitty poem, Footprints in the Sand. God, through all those hard times in my life, why is there only one set of footprints? Well, that's because I was carrying yeah, you. because God was carrying you, obviously. Our bit is that God was kind of fucking slacking off those times, and he's got to cover it up and say, well, no, I was carrying you. Go, no, 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 wait. What's going on over here in the play. sand? Yeah. You're playing a little beach volleyball with Tom Cruise over there? <laughs> yeah. ah. But after that, I was carrying you. Anyways... So what are these tire tracks? Yeah. Oh, sweet car jump. What was that? Sweet bike yeah. jump. Sweet dirty yeah. bike jump. Sweet <laughs> dirty bike dirty jump. bike jump. Um What a good line. So you did not get a sweet dirty bike jump. I did not get a sweet thank you. Uh we we get back on the train, which is again, we're so fresh you don't realize the train schedule is a little you guys were on the Tenuous. LARR. This is Long Island Railroad shit. This isn't even like Metropolitan new, Subway. New, 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 new. We're on LIRR and this we're is in the, the farthest guy. point. You out. weren't there, Case? I was not there. I had this to work just that me, day. Mid, this was just that me, was you, Mitch, and Hansi. Okay. Oh, shit. You weren't even there. I was not there. I When you guys came back, I heard her tell when you guys threw the rucksacks up. And I remember now that I'm talking about old ankle burns. I'm where I put my shoes on. We're back on the train. And as we go back, I like start sweating, like kind of like just starting feeling nauseous, like, ooh. And my feet kind of hurt. They're like kind of numb and like stingy. Ooh. And I go to take my shoes off, and my feet have like swollen to the size of my shoe. So it's like, I get my shoes off, and even when I get my shoes off, my feet are swelling more, and they start to, these huge blisters start to show up on the top, these huge bubbles, and I can't put my shoes back on now, like I can't even put them back on, my feet are so sore and swollen, because I didn't put any sunscreen on my feet, and it's a white sand beach, so the sun was pinging on the sand, and just icing my feet. And I was hobbled. Like I like I couldn't really go to work. I remember that. Oh. It was so to this day, like 
I'll miss sunscreen, but the first thing I'll hit whenever we go to the beach, just, top there for just you. Yeah. slather, slather <laughs> the top of my foot like a like mayo on my my vegan whopper. Ugh. Yeah, those sunburns are no oh, joke. Oh, no, I, that's what I missed, and no joke, same thing. Like, wasn't as bad as you, but I, like, came up, like, I have these aqua socks on, and it's just pale-ass feet up to, like, a crispy tan. Do you, do your aqua socks have separate toes? They do not. It's not, it's not like a creepy ninja footwear. Oh, okay. Okay. What are those things called? Real scaly toes. Scaly toes. That makes no thanks. I don't need to see anybody's toes unless it's in the boudoir. Thanks. I mean, come on. I mean, just come on. There's. Oh, it's so funny. I was speaking. So Johnny is down here. That's why I've got so many Johnny stories. Because we start harvest tomorrow, baby. Ooh la la! I'm hopping in the I'm hopping in the car as soon. Oh, as Mama Bavaria is back, hardcore. But did yeah. you Mama say baby? is it is it Johnny Fodani or no, no. Home Quest? You talking home, about Home Quest, Verno? Oh, okay. Um, Verno. Uh, oh, if we... only John O'Donnell was down there. <laughs> That'd be quite a reunion. That would be nice. I wonder what. Yeah. Um, skelly toes make my toes curl. You know what else? Yeah, oh yeah. And if you guys have them on your feet right now, this is a judgment, and I'll I'll eat my words because I'll be embarrassed that I'm judging you. There is a type of sandal that is a sandal shoe that I really dislike. I really dislike it. It's just like a shoe with air holes in it, often worn with socks. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's very strappy. Oh, with the sock? No, not a crock. Okay. No, it's no, no. It's I'm saying leather. you said a sandal often worn with a sock, and you, I was like, you see them with gross. socks. It's it it has a name. Like, of course, Johnny knew it right off the bat. I was like, Johnny, you know those 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 sandals that are shoes sandals. He's like, oh, you mean Bennett's? Yeah, I know people that have Bennett's. <laughs> the old Bennies. You'll see him next time you look down at somebody's feet and you go, "Oh, I know what Hans meant." Oh, he's and rocking then, a Ben. Yeah, he's rocking big a Ben over here. He's rocking no universal health care and a pair of Bens. Big song with that Hans Ben Bens. He's rocking the old Ben Bens. Kunzi's going after <laughs> Den Den. He's rocking the Ben Bens. Oh God. Uh, uh, you now I can't not do it. I'm gonna start doing it around people. They'll be like, "Is that a Dennis Miller impression you're doing?" I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> Welcome to the 2019 teens. Trumpy's <laughs> going after the lip libs. <laughs> That's oh, that was a different. I'm fucking right back. That's um, Dennis Miller disappeared. He was always the the counterpoint to Barack Obama's presidency. The humorist, conservative humorist. I haven't seen his ass yeah. since 2016, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, he went away. I wonder. So do they, you think they found his birth certificate and sent his ass packing. Sent him back to <laughs> Chine Chine. I don't know. I don't know where Dennis Miller would be from. Dennis <laughs> Miller was Chinese. <laughs> like 100% Chinese. <laughs> Oh, it's Martin Shang Shang. Hi, hi. 
Uh, just uh, we, you gotta like. So obviously we just have that one phrase. Don't check go my back, birth cert. Go back and just watch one segment of his weekend update, and you'll see exactly what we he'll, oh, every one of his punchlines. For so were. long, he was for so long. He was a weekend update for so long. Like it's unfortunate. Like everybody's like, yeah, the Daily Show is just weekend update, but it's it was like, <gasps> fuck that. <laughs> like, uh, was he the Ridge? No. He, Technically, Chev. Chevy Chase was definitely the original. Then it went to Chev Chev. Chev Chev was Gave the original. Gave it up after one CC. <laughs> Chev's going solo after one CC. Um, <laughs> kind of got a Polly <laughs> Shore gross. ring to it. Yeah. Yeah. It is really. <laughs> um, uh, went from Chevy like Jason Chase. Muse, Polly Shore, like snooch to the booch booch. Oh, gonna be shooting clerks number four, four, bro. <laughs> or no, they're not shooting clerks. They're oh not... my god, that would be the best. Holy <laughs> short as Dennis Miller. In... So Dennis Miller is no, he couldn't possibly be Silent Bob. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, oh, I was just going to rehash some bullshit people don't care about. I was going to say Chevy, Chev Chev, to Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin, then to just Jane Curtin, and then I'm not 100% sure who popped on. Bill Murray. Bill Murray came on for a while. It was, who was after, um, not, um, god damn it, uh, not, Ah, fuck. there was that cat, like longevity cast member that was on there for a minute. Who did the? Uh, um, I'll think of it. Sorry. Let's what keep, era? What going. era? I'm not gonna... No, no. If Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon did it for a while. He was great, but he did it after Den Den. He was after Den Den. Yeah, it went Den Den to Nini, and then so. But Dennis Miller, I will say. This is a lot of Dennis Miller. And then you Norm McDonald. He's not paying for this promo. Yeah. Uh, Den Den didn't pay the dough. Um, Den Den didn't pay his doo doos. Uh, but I will say this about Dennis Miller, and it and it shifted the whole um, trajectory of it. Dennis Miller is the first one that made it. It literally, I think, it wasn't it called Dennis Miller. Weekend update with Dennis Miller wasn't it the first time that that happened, or was it originally Maybe. with Chevy Chase too? It just seemed like ever since him, that segment became carved out. But maybe that's not fair yeah. to Chev Chev. No, you're right. It like he codified it as that sort of like the Daily Show as we know it now sort of segment was Dennis Miller. I think so. Um, speaking, and then of, Kevin Nealon was 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 fine, but like for me, it was Norm Macdonald. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He just he played with that like fucking formula, and then just turned it on his ear and was just fucked with that Dennis Miller vibe. If you guys, because he didn't take it seriously. If you guys haven't felt anxious in a minute. If you want to sweat, go ahead and watch um, uh, Norm Macdonald speak at the correspondence dinner uh, in front of when Bill Clinton is president. Watch his ass bomb. 
for 10 minutes and soak it up. It is a joy. He fucking (laughs) digs into the bomb. He starts pulling out old hacky jokes. He starts pulling out like, your lights are on. (laughs) Like, it's really, it's beautiful. He's like, ah, you didn't like that one. Ah, what the fuck? Even the last joke, he has to do an impression of Bob Dole. This is beautiful. He has to do an impression of Bob Dole. Well, his Bob Dole is fantastic. Right. And and the the election's over. He knows, like, he's just, that's his closer. But he's already yeah. so fed up with the crowd that he's like, all right, um, I guess I got to leave you with one impression. And then, so for those who don't know, um, Norm MacDonald did an impression of Bob Dole and used it all the time during the election when he was running against Clinton. And part of it is Bob Dole. Um, like hurt him got hurt in the war in world war Two. so yeah. he's got a he was like shot down in an air like he shot down in the south pacific right so he ended up with an immobile hand so he places a pen in it so he can still use the hand for emphasis so that was a big part of the impression and uh um norm mcdonald's gonna end the bit and he goes all right and he looks in his he opens his suit coat pocket looking for a pen and it's not there and he opens the other suit coat pocket and it's not there and he goes ah oh, fuck it and he just does the impression without the pen and i was like oh, that's so because he's like eh, it doesn't matter he's like none of this matters that he had a few moments of that where it was like eh, i don't know like sorry he keeps apologizing which makes you all the more uncomfortable because oh. there's an aspect of oh, like acknowledging yeah. it but i'm telling you he's he's digging into it he he wants to he's pulling like he, the, yeah. there's a, a a comic um who we know uh knew mm-hmm. whatever right he would open the show mm-hmm. he yeah. would often run long because it's he's he he had a stage so he wanted to play with it but we would let him we would let him we weren't uh we weren't den dens Patton's going long to the jerk jerks. <laughs> but he fucking annihilated one of our audiences once. And it was an impressive thing to say, to see. And yeah. I hate the, and, and don't mince my words, everyone, when I say impressive. It was an, let's call it an experiment, an interesting experiment, which to me shows the dedication he has to his craft. And this is gnarly. And I know <laughs> you'll know what I'm talking about when I get to it. Um, so as being as getting comfortable with the stage, I think just like Norm Macdonald was talking about, you want to know, you hear about comics like if I'm bombing, I want to see how bad I can bomb to see if I can dig myself out of that hole. Right? right. That's like, turn it into gold. You hear it all. Because those time. are some of the highest highs you can get. Like yeah. if it's fucking it's like chasing the fucking bottom and then all of a sudden I got you all back, you fucks. Right. I've heard that's something that people do. I could, I have no, <laughs> uh, that just makes me nervous right there. Of course. So this, no, uh, no inroads into to knowing what that psychology, yeah. even, even touching that. I think, but, but this, I think it comes from just working out all the time, getting on stage and working out all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and that type of dedication is like, I want to know, it's like a fighter pilot, like in a simulator. Mm-hmm. I want to know every feeling up here on stage so the next time I have a reaction to it. I want to yeah. know 
I want to try and get to the depths of each reaction or each way I'm feeling up here because I want to be able to be in control at all times because that's what you are. No, you're, you're, you're totally control. like fighter pilot, right? Or like a fucking boxer. Like you need to know what it's like to be hit in the face so many times and like know what you can come back from. You need variables. Like, you need your boundaries, right? And in order to find those boundaries, you have to go beyond them. And I think this is where... And to be fair, he he fumbled sometimes. He, the same show, same stage. This was the a same fumble. Shtick. This was a fumble, big time. And we had to go on after it. So this was more of a... that He fumbled the ball and then he picked it up and threw it at our chest. At our face. <laughs> because his whole bit... And I never heard this bit because it wasn't a bit. So and I should I should say is... Uh, well, he's he's a white comic. He's uh, I don't need to give his whole biography, but he's from New Orleans, and he's very he's one of those guys who's um super rooted, super proud. A lot of his stories come from New Orleans, and he tells this story, which I believe isn't true, or which in fact I know isn't true, and it's Is not. It it's no, I don't think so. And there's no narrative to this story. It's just him hammering home, and it's it's. It is something you see. It's a white comic playing with the N-word. You remember this? Mm -hmm. So he gets Yeah, up yeah, it's coming back, yeah. And he we're like, where's he going? Like he usually, you know, has a pretty standard like set, ebb and flow. And he just telling this telling the story about this horse. About how his sister had this horse. And I don't even know if he had a sister. And he's telling the story about the horse and he's like, She named it the N-word. And you start to feel people, and he, obviously he's not saying that. He's just saying the word. The whole point yeah. to get across. And there's like, oh, where's this going? And he's like, you know, it's interesting that she would name it that, because I, you know, I question whether it's racist because you know, down south. And he just keeps going, 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 and hammering it. And the words coming out about every fifteen seconds, every thirty seconds, and it's hard, hard, right? And Dead silence. No booze or anything, but just dead silence up until... Alright. Uh, Alright, coming up stage, we have the jerk practice. They're going to play a little video first. And I was like, why would he... Uh, and we didn't bring our best N-word material. And it just sticks with me, right? Like, it, it's 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 Conzi going after Den Den. Not yeah. the set that sticks with me, but just watching him. Because I, I, I would, you know, he, he just is a very... Um, precise like analytical like psychological comic like you can really get into his business yeah. i always was trying to figure out what is that bit or right. what was he working out yeah. where was he going he was just working out the feeling of uncomfortability how... on stage yeah that was it yeah like how uncomfortable can i make the audience and in turn myself? before someone walks right right like how 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 close can i get to offensive and funny or not even funny, but like uncomfort. And he was like, "Let me work it out. Let me work it out here before I get on a real stage." Right, right. I mean, the joke was on him well, because yeah. if only thing, the only thing you get at our show was a walk in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, what am I hearing? His sister's got a horse named what? <laughs> I guess I'll stay. I'm Sounds sitting down. Sounds provocative. I sound. I saw a sign for world's fattest twins. This is even better. What is this? A sketch about 
Like Tales from the Crypt? Get out of here. There was something. I'll probably cut this because. Uh, wait, but we don't edit. Do you, uh, th- we were working we on it. The we beat. never edited. We so, never edit. That's why I'm going to edit it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> why not, Henning? It's true, though. It's That's the reality. Because well, now they're. Look, Norman did our show a bunch, and now he's Jerry Seinfeld's favorite comedian. We said that watching. I'm gonna look. For, I'm gonna look for whatever the last laugh line was about 20 minutes ago, and I'll. I'll. That's an hour. It. <laughs> jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. He saw me once. I worked with him on Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and I think he misunderstood once because he could sometimes come across as kind of menacing back oh, in the yeah, day. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, so I kind of just stayed out of his way, and I was over at the craft services table on Saturday Night Live, and I just said something. People were talking. And Dennis mm-hmm. said something, and then I said something, and I think Dennis misunderstood and thought that I had maybe made a made little insult or a crack yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And Dennis just went, this is 1988, and he went, oh. Okay. So Comsey <laughs> took a little shot at Den yeah. Den. <laughs> he oh, went, oh, so Comsey <laughs> took no. a little shot at Den Den. And I went, what? And he's like, okay, Comsey going after Den Den. Well, here it goes. And then I remember thinking, shit. He's pissed at me now, and I think he thought that I had gone after him in some way. These podcasts are going to get real weird coming soon. (laughs) Casey's live from an abandoned coal mine. Is it weird that, um, yeah, that was one of my biggest fantasies growing up was living under the uh, surface of the earth. Under the... (laughs) Uh, Every time I'd see like a... Like a manhole cover or like something I couldn't explain with a lid, like in a field. I'd be like, because you're a turtle's guy. house is going to be. <laughs> <laughs>